anyone practice the new uh, day game shit that I talked about in my post? Or did anyone miss that? I can explain it. I missed it. So, if you watch the videos of most of my day game approaches, you'll notice that I'm pretty laughy, jokey, humorous as I'm opening. And um, we were out, you know, during the workshop, Friday night, Saturday night, and then out during the day on Sunday. We were at the Standard Beer Garden. Did a few approaches, and I kept, like, any time I, like, wasn't into a girl, I got shitloads of love. Then any time I had, like, some sort of interest there, I felt like I was getting nothing. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I... There's obviously something I'm doing, because it shouldn't matter. Like, it, you know, the girl should be attracted to me regardless. There's something I'm doing that's turning off the hot ones. And I realized that I was just releasing tension a little bit, as, as I was delivering, like, the standard day game opener by laughing and, like, being too playful. Um, so uh, I thought to myself, fuck it, I'm just going to be, like, really deadpan and almost annoyed when I delivered the opener. So I just started walking up to girls and I'd be like, hey, saw so you walk in. I had to risk embarrassing the fuck out of myself. I had to come talk to you. And there was... <laughs> They weren't really laughing like they used to do. They were just like, okay, um, hi. I was like, hey, don't worry. I'm only like a third creepy. They're like, what do you do? And they just immediately started jamming me with questions because the way I was delivering it was just so deadpan and like very authoritative, like putting them on the spot. And not really putting them on the spot because I was really laid back, um, but just like really, really not giving a fuck. Um, the, the response was much different. And then I also had Jay do it and I had Patrick do it. I don't know how Patrick did. We can ask him. But Jay certainly was delivering it a lot better and he was crushing it. He went like three for four on Shepherds. Jay's just crushing it. Yeah. Jay's absolutely like a day game beast section. Beast moding NYC day game all day or day. Fucking <laughs> Jay Bittner. Gave him the layup and stuff with the French girl. <laughs> Tell that story. Uh, so uh, on Thursday, um, I told Jay we should go day gaming before I had my class. So uh, we met up at Madison Square Park and then we started walking. And I see a girl ahead of us. Like Jay's kind of like um, chit-chatting with me. And uh, I see a girl ahead of us that's walking slowly and uh, kind of looking around. And it's like almost in New York City, people walk really fast. They want to go places. So that's a surefire case where a girl's like totally, uh, totally, so like, yeah, yeah, totally okay uh, to talk to I'm just like the wandering tourist and I was thinking about it day, yeah yeah exactly same day yeah. like fucking sex deal and yeah. so I go Jay she's looking to talk to somebody why don't you go hit on her right and I was like I'll get the next one and then like of course like <laughs> get her, like, like talk to her for like 10 minutes and stuff like that just he should have instant danger. Yeah, he should have. He should have. Um, yeah, guys, if you ever see a girl just like she's out, she's alone, especially in like European cities, New York City, it doesn't happen in LA very often. Um, and they, they have luggage and they're clearly not in a hurry. Those girls are like the ideal fucking target 
Yeah, they look like up they just look like they're wandering around or like looking around stuff like that. The first time I ever had like a especially city. hot girls. Yeah, hot girls never look around like unless yeah. they're like on vacation. I, I fucked a girl I met like outside of a Jack in the Box payphone in San Diego. <laughs> really? Doing the same thing. She's just like wandering. Like I I, I got some shit at Jack in the Box. I noticed she was in the bathroom. Then I then she was like sitting there like not eating but sitting on the tables. And I didn't approach her. And then. I got in my car, my buddy's car, and we're driving, and then I see her just, like, hanging out by a payphone by the jack-in-the-box, and, like, and she was really hot. Like, this girl's definitely, like, waiting for something, right? So I jump out of the car, run across the street, I open her, get her number, and then I jump back in the car, and then as I'm in the car, my friend's like, so what is she doing? I'm like, oh, she's kind of just lost, like, hanging out. He's like, why don't you bring her to the improv class we were on our way to? I'm like, Good idea. So I got back out of the car, ran back to her, like, come with us to this improv class. She's like, okay. Jumps in the car, we get to the improv class. Teacher wouldn't let her, uh, wouldn't let her participate because it was the last day. So we went back to my house. Me and my buddy and her played some drinking games. I told my buddy to scram, and then we fucked it. <laughs> and um, she was definitely, like, the hottest girl I'd fucked at the time. Just retarded. So if you guys ever see a girl like that, fucking go for it. Take it down. So salty about it. Yeah. I don't know if Jay. I don't know if Jay actually met up with her. I was like, he should totally should have done it right then and there. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. I was like, Jay, if you don't if you don't do anything with her, you should pass the pussy. <laughs> yeah. So I was out with Donald last night at EO, and um, it was funny. Like it was Saturday night, fucking eat employees only. You know, EOs for employees only for you guys who don't know what that means. Um, and right around like 2.30, well, first me, me and uh, Don got hungry, so we got some food, but right around 2.30, it's kind of like the hour when chicks are wasted, at least in New York. It's kind of like 12.30 in LA or anywhere where the bars close at two. Um, like an hour and a half before closing time is when girls, girls that are wasted and want to fuck will start pairing off. So, you know, I noticed like three different girls who were seemed pretty keen on getting laid. And sure enough, after I finished eating, like all three of them were making out with different guys. Like, fuck, could have been me. <laughs> so, try to remember those time frames when you guys are out. Some, some things to stock away in your mind. When I, yeah. Start getting get well to get this good right around a, an hour and a half before closing time is, is when it gets good. Yeah, if you go after that, like in LA, if you don't start hitting on girls until like 1 a.m. or Phoenix or like 3 a.m. in New York, you're just a drunk asshole who's hitting on her for the 11th time. Those are literal Hail Marys when she like strikes out with somebody and she's trying to get laid. Yeah, you might like Hail Mary. So rare, but yeah. Wait, I'm. I, I'm not hearing this clearly. Like, how do you identify the girl? She's drunk. She's, she's like, looking around. Her friends are either, like, not around or they're, like, paired off. Um, you know, she's not in, like, an in-depth conversation with anyone or she's, like, in an in-depth conversation with one of her girlfriends. Like, there's not going to be two girls out of the bar together at, like, you know, in New York at 2.30 a.m. if they're not looking for something, right? You don't just stay out that late 
because you think that's fun. Like you're out that late to get sick, right? In in LA, it's different. Like you can't make that call at twelve thirty. You can kind of make it at one, but still, it's different because it's not a big deal to be out till one. That's why New York's amazing, and Europe because girls, you know, like longer they stay out, the more down they are. But if you wait too long, you miss the window. Some other guy swoops in. So in Robbie's story, like they were eating, he missed the window. Those three girls were making out with three other dudes. Yep, missed the window. So on on Friday, um, I stopped by on the way to meet a friend in the hair room of the little laser place, <clears throat> and the um, the clerk girl, Mexican girl, was you know showing me love. So I flirted with her and found out, you know, she told me a lot about herself. She's adopted. She, she's born in Mexico, all this stuff. And super cool girl. I got her number, but I haven't texted her yet. And I was wondering, like, is this time frame, am I just too late or? No, you're never too late. Why would you ever be too late, right? It's a free roll. You send a text. She either responds or she doesn't. You don't send the text, and you never have that option, right? It's never too late, ever. You can text the girl you got her number fucking 10 years ago. Maybe she remembers you, and she's been on ice ever since. <laughs> I've been waiting for your fucking text for 10 years. It's about time, right? Like, it's never, ever like, too late. Anytime you... Standard protocol. <laughs> I know it's standard protocol to wait three, three days, but I wait 10 years. I wait 3,600. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a gangster. Yeah, I'm a gangster. Um, no, I know I'm a gangster. <laughs> I should do that sometimes. Oh, my God. Um, oh, shit. Yes, it's better to find friends with challenges. For sure, 10 years later. Texas girl. Texas. Texas chick. So I met you in employees only back in the summer of 2015. It's now 2025. And I usually wait three days to text, but I waited 10 years. I know I'm a gangster. <laughs> so stupid. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anytime you guys get a number and you don't text her, that's just fucking pointless. Like, come on. So, um, yeah, hit her with the standard protocol line. It was a day game approach, right? Right, day game. Yeah. Is Mother's Day any factor? Like, uh, Why would Mother's I... Day be a factor? I have no idea. Is my mind might just be playing tricks on me. Mother's Day does not matter, no. Okay, so I was at the Clift Hotel. I'm actually in San Francisco, heading back to LAX. I was in the Clift Hotel, and there was this uh, collection of four uh, girls from Phoenix. And they were in, like, standing in, like, uh, you know, facing each other in a group. And then one of them, she... I don't know whether I bumped her or she bumped me. And then she's like, oh, uh, excuse me. So... But then I turned to her and I said, uh, she, she actually said, excuse me, you bumped me. But then I turned to her and said, I'm, I'm sure you liked it, right? She's like, uh, I don't know yet. So I'm like, okay, have, have two drinks and then we'll find out whether you liked it or not. So 
then, you know, we kind of like walked her own way. She laughed, whatever. And then after an hour, she talked to me and she's like, oh, yeah, I've had two drinks now. <laughs> so I, I just didn't know how to move it uh, further from there. You know, like what would be the best. I have two drinks now. You should have said Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. She thought I was like passing by her and she tapped me and she's like, I had two drinks now. <laughs> so why did you think that? That was a green light. No, she said that. I know. Did yeah, yeah. Right. But okay, so then I did talk to her and I was like, hey, you know, uh, oh, so we should uh, test pumping again. So I, then I bumped into her Again, I asked her, did you like it better now? So, and uh, so we got into a conversation, but I was, uh, it was kind of hard now that I'm engaging her, the three other girls, right? And they're all looking at me, like, what is this guy? What he wants? Is he going to take her home? Whatever. You know, I don't know what they're thinking. So I did feel it's a open. bit like, yeah, the other three girls, they're like listening with rapt attention. So? I mean, at that point, I got a bit nervous, and I didn't know how to further move it. Like, it was very obvious she was interested, otherwise she wouldn't have re-engaged, right? Yeah. uh, At that point... If you have friends there, you just do the... You know, it's... You got to introduce yourself to to her friends. uh Ah. Acceptable thing to do. Don't just sit there and game her. And then you just look like an asshole. Okay, so that, that... Looking and waiting for attention, you just turn like, oh, introduce me to your friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, in a way, I did know why they were there. They were for, like, girls. He said they went to the rally. So, I was asking about the group, but I think I erred by not actually conversing with the other three girls, because that would have been, you know, better. And she did ask me who I was there with, and I said, oh, I'm just my brother. And he was chatting with some other girls at the bar. So I, I kind of got, uh, you know, in a bind there. Like, how do I manage that? Well, I don't understand the, the bind. Like, because, I mean, I could not have brought my brother in because he was already engaged with somebody else, right? So I guess, I mean, I didn't know how to merge. If that was your indication that I needed to bring my friends into the group. Right, which was not possible. So I, I guess the only other option was to talk to the other three girls and engage them also. I'm confused. So, so, so you had okay. So let me understand. So you initially talked to this girl, um, and then you said something about two drinks later. Then she came back, reopened you, and then yes. her friends yes. were with. And your friends are not nearby. Yes, they were not. Okay, so you were, are you, are you, the question, should you have brought your other two friends so that you would have been paired up three on three? Yes, yeah, because she kind of, she kind of indicated that I should bring my friends over, right? She's like, she almost Mm -hmm. said something like that, like, oh, where are your friends? You know, how far are they? You know, I forget the exact words that she used. But so it ended up, and I guess it's just, you know, me stumbling there because I didn't know what to do from there and I kind of lost my steam like because she was asking me where your friends are and then her three friends are looking at me so I just got nervous I guess that's what happened really okay yeah I mean so, 
this girl sounds like she was giving you layup after layup of like, you know, she was telling you exactly what to do. She opened you. She followed up with you. She advised you to bring her friends, to bring your friends over. And, uh huh, uh huh. And unfortunately, you didn't do anything. <laughs> so, well, and because I didn't have any friends there, right? I mean, it was, it was just my brother, and he was talking to a girl, right? So that uh-huh. kind of would have been odd if I tried to bring him over at that point. Well, then you could just say, whatever, my, you just ignore her. Like, okay, yeah, I'll grab him in a second. They're supposed to be me over here. And if there's a group of three girls, you don't need to bring friends over because the other two girls will talk to each other while you talk to her. Yes, yes. If it's just a group of two, that's no good because then that other girl's bored. But have you read the wingman guide? Uh, no, I haven't yet. That's really important. Um, I'm going to post that. I'll, I'll try to post that tonight or tomorrow so you can read that. You need to make sure, for all of you guys, if you're going out with dudes and they haven't read the wingman guide and you haven't read the wingman guide, you're just going to cock block each other and you're not going to operate efficiently. It's really important that you guys do that. Okay, great. But, uh, you know, at least you were noticing those things, so that's that's a plus. That's kind of a weird situation. Um, this might mean I've had a couple of threesomes, so it's not a big deal to me, but I had a younger buddy. We were out um, two weekends ago. We picked up some Canadian girls, and we're in my car, and two of the girls are in the back with him, and they're, like, trying to grab his dick, and he wouldn't let him do it. And even the girl in the front is like, is your friend a faggot or something? And I'm like, no, he's just uncomfortable. But I even like kind of, I tried to make him feel okay with it because we were driving them back to their hotel. And I was like, dude, just let him do it. And he would not fucking let him do it. Um, the girl wanted like, to grab, you know, the, wait, the girl wanted to grab his dick and he was saying no? Two girls in the back <laughs> with him. Yeah, and he was saying Don't no. The young guy is like 20. <laughs> He's like 24. I only got good dick. <laughs> and this was your friend. I think you need to evaluate who you're hanging out with. <laughs> he's a really young guy. I mean, he's got a lot of potential, but uh, he's just never been in that situation before. I don't and know the girls, any, I mean, weren't. I don't think that's potential. I think that's a really big red flag on a dude who's <laughs> who's got a lot of fucking funky shit going on and probably not your best wingman. But anyways, continue. I think, I think he, he just didn't feel, he, it was like so out of his reality. He just, you know, he, he just freaked out. But, um, I mean, I tried to make him feel okay. I'm like, hey, man, it's cool. Let him do it. <laughs> and it just, nothing that I said really worked. And so needless to say, by the time we get them to their hotel, you know, the vibe was totally killed and, and you know, nothing else happened. But uh you think of any way where you can, like, I don't know, if somebody's in that situation, you can make them feel at ease. Like, you're not going to judge. You're not, you don't care or whatever. I mean, not really. That's, like I said, not a guy you want to roll out with because if that's an issue for him, like, you can only imagine what else is. Like, two girls want to touch your dick and you're saying no. Um, either you're gay or you're really, really uncomfortable. And being bo- both are 
or advantageous to having an amazing after party orgy, all of the above, and thus cock blocked you. So if you're not cock blocking yourself, your friends are. And and you because your friends weird, you're weird too, by default. They're like they're gonna be like those guys were weird. What kind of guy wouldn't let two girls touch his dick? I bet they're gay together. So they're going to think he's gay, and by default, you're hanging out with him, so you're also gay. Um, and they're probably thinking you guys were experimenting with vagina for the first time. So, um, <laughs> not a good guy to go out with. There's a lot of other guys in this group that you have access to that would probably be okay with two hot girls touching their wiener. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean... He's a good-looking guy. He does Muay Thai. I mean, he's got stuff going for him. He just... I mean, I've tried to get him to join the group, but he can't afford it. But, um... Well, there's a lot of good-looking guys that fucking suck with women um, and that have weird shit going on, you know? So, he's uh, definitely an issue you might want to bring up to him. Like, bro, you had two hot girls trying to grab your dick, and you said no. Might be something you want to talk to somebody about. Just maybe, you know, and if he's really closed off to that conversation and obviously you're like comfortable with yourself, you're in a program like this where, you know, you're expanding yourself and growing like that is not the type of guy you want to surround yourself with. He'll only hold you back if he's not open to this. So, um, well, in a different situation, say one of the girls is uncomfortable. The last thing you want to do is have a logical conversation about it. Because it kills the vibe. Um, you know, if you're having to logically talk a girl into a threesome situation uh, when she's not already naked, and even if she is, odds of that threesome happening are very, very low. Because once a girl gets her logical mind, she's going to start thinking about judgment from society, her morals, her values, all the bad things, sex is bad, group sex is bad, all that fucking horse shit that people are fed. and that's going to be the end of it. It's going to just completely turn her sex drive off. Um, so any sort of logical, I don't care if it's a girl or a guy. And if it's a guy, you take him around the corner, you're like, listen, you fucking idiot. The next time two girls try to touch your dick, let them touch your dick. <laughs> so that's, that's all I got to say about that. Okay. And uh, one other question, a little off topic. You were first in my house with those three girls, and two of them were hot, and there was a third one who wasn't so hot, but I didn't know how to get her to leave because they're all, like, visiting from out of town together. Um, So, of course, like, we're kind of flirting with our girls, and we were talking to the other girl, but, you know, not flirting with her as much, and and so, of course, she starts being like, well... I'm tired. I want to go home. So it, it kind of killed things there. Is, is there a way to get rid of the girl or and not seem like an asshole or should we have tried to flirt with her more? Even, you know, neither one of us was interested in her. She was kind of a fifth wheel. You're never going to get rid of the girl unless she leaves on her own accord because she's smart enough and confident enough to realize that, both of her friends are having fun and hooking up and she doesn't have any prospects and she and she's like, okay, well, I don't have any prospects. I'm going to go. That's rarely going to happen because those girls are very hard to find. Um, 
she's going to cock block almost every single time. The only thing you can do is have a buddy jump on the grenade. Another buddy who's not involved, who isn't getting any, you know, that's when you, that's when you pull out the friend card and you're like, Hey, I want to hook up with this girl. My, my buddy's with this girl. You're going to go to bed and masturbate. Can you instead, you know, <laughs> occupy their friend who's going to blow the whole thing up while we try to make it happen? If that guy's not there, then all you can do is have a straightforward talk with, with your girl or have your buddy have a straightforward talk with his girl and be like, hey, this is a little like weird, but like we, I, I really like you. My friend's really vibing with your, your friend, but your other friend's just kind of like out there. And, you know, obviously I want to take you back and, you know, have my way with you. But, yeah, you know, I don't want to make it uncomfortable between you guys. And then it, I don't want, like, your friend to, to ruin the experience. You know, what do we do? Because obviously it's it's up to the girls. It's not up to you. And, um, you know, if if the girl that, that you're hooking up with is still unsure about you, having that conversation could completely derail the train. You know, you, you obviously have to have a ton of love and investment from that first, from the, from your girl to even have that conversation. Um, most of the time in like a drunken after party hookups situation, you won't really be, ha- be able to have that conversation or you can, you know, cause the second you talk about her, your friend, her friend cock blocking you, now you've made her responsible for having sex. And if she hasn't decided, even if she has decided in her mind that she's going to sleep with you, she now has to make that logical choice. Yes, I'm going to sleep with this guy. And that could completely ruin the experience. Um, so that's just a, a shitty situation. You need a wingman to occupy the other girl or hope that she's cool enough to leave on her own. Or that you have enough rapport with your girl to tell her to to, to check out. But don't look for those sure. situations. If you're two guys and you hit on three girls and you try to bring them back to an after party, get another guy there, um, you know, or have another girl. Like, you, it's, it's important to have good ratios. Like, when you approach girls in bars, if you're solo, approach groups of, of one, three, or five. If you're with two guys, if you're, with, if you're two, you and a wingman, then approach girls with, of two, four, six, eight. Or I mean, two, two, four, five. Once you get over the five, it, it doesn't really matter if there's extra stragglers. Sorry, yeah, over seven. Yeah. That makes sense. It was originally five, but two of them were really drunk and left earlier. But but yeah, okay, yeah. I I, I think in that situation, it would have been best to try and like get somebody to jump on the grenade. Even yep. even a random guy, maybe. Totally. Okay. I mean, it's not that hard. If there's a random guy not really doing anything, he's like, hey, come here for a second. I want you to meet Tina. And then they're talking and you flip away. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Any other questions? I know, Joel, you asked me a question in, the, in a Facebook message. You want to ask it here? Mm, no. Why not? Probably Um, just embarrassing. I guarantee a lot of people can relate. <laughs> That's why I'm putting you on the spot. You don't have to, but you know, things well, will get better. I mean, basically, I just 
I just feel like I'm not making progress. Okay. So, can anyone else on the call relate to not making progress? Say, yep. Say, I. Yep. <laughs> so I, I heard at least three or four. Um, so, first off, you, you have to identify where that feeling is coming from. Yeah, how did you arrive at that conclusion? I'm not making progress. What is that based on? Well, um, I mean, I'm my texts are still mediocre. Um, you don't know that. So what I'm getting at is, give me some hard data, like something you've measured, where I was like, okay, I haven't, go. I haven't gotten a girl out in weeks. Okay. I'm, I'm. Uh, I'm still getting, you know, you know, who are you over text um, when it seems to go well in person. Okay. Are you getting more phone numbers than you than you were before? I mean, before when? Before you decided that you're no longer making progress. I mean, I guess the question is, how long have you felt like this? How, how long have you felt like you haven't been making progress? Has it been a week, a month? Probably a month. Okay. And did anything happen in that month, in the last month, where you were like, okay, this is, this is, I'm doing worse or I'm doing the same? Do you feel like you're doing worse? In some ways. Which ways? Again, silence over text or, you know, no responses over text. Um, well, one thing you have to look at right off the bat is there's a lot of variance involved. Um, think about a, a hitter in baseball. Guys go through peaks and valleys, right? Sometimes they're, they're super on. They're hitting like over 400 for a span of like a few games, maybe even a few weeks. And then they're going to come back to the mean, Right they're going to come back to more where their true ability lies. So maybe they hit 400 for a week or two, and then they dip down, and they hit in the 200 for a week or two, and then they're kind of back in the low 300s where a really good hitter should be. Um, so one, you have to ask yourself the question, were you on a heater or were you on a hot streak before this? Um, and oftentimes, you know, once you hit a valley, you know the next place that you're going is a peak because – over time, you're going to continue to trend in the upward direction. It's impossible for you not to because you have all these things going for you that are making you a more attractive guy. You're thinner. Your conversation skills are better. You understand the mistakes you're making. There's no possible way you're actually going to get worse over a period of time. You're only going to get better. That's 100% guaranteed. You participate in this group. You track your shit, right? So, A, you got to know that. You have to have some confidence in that, right? The fact that you've created a situation for yourself, you've created a lifestyle that's going to make you succeed, like, takes a lot of that pressure off, right? It'd be one thing to say, like, oh, I'm not making any progress, you know, in my diet if you weighed the exact same amount you had no plan and you had no, like, terms of accountability and you had no structure, right? So, first off, you know you have that structure. So, I'm guessing you're just going through a valley. And what I do when I'm going through a valley is I'm like fucking awesome. I can't wait for the peak to happen. Um, that happened the other day when I posted that long thing about day games. You know, I had gone like four straight days in New York without getting laid, 
without really getting a day game number. I was going out, I was approaching McDonald's, we were just getting crushed. And I knew it was a function of maybe something I was doing wrong, but also just a function of bad luck. And right when I realized what I was doing wrong, my luck turned around and I literally went like four for five day gaming after that and just went one for three the other day when I went out with Scott. So I started out 0 for 8 in terms of getting numbers and then I went like, what did I go? Like 7 for seven for 10, right? Which is, you know, which kind of brings me back to, you know, I was 7 for 18, which is a little better than 33%, which is what I usually do, right? So, just in terms of thinking of it objectively, does that help? Yeah. So you have that going on. You also have areas that you can certainly improve on. If you're still getting who is this via text, that's a, a surefire sign that you're not making a strong enough connection on the approach. Either there's some sort of nervous behavior that you're doing that, that distracts her, so she's just being polite when she gives you the number. Um, I'm guessing that's what's happening a lot. You're getting pity numbers because you're putting yourself out there. You know, you're following the day game protocol, but you're not really connecting with these girls and that's, you're not establishing that attraction because of some sort of nervous bullshit that you're doing, which is, you know, I would almost guarantee that's happening because I know you and I've seen you approach and I know where you stand. So I think that's a big part of it too. Like you're doing everything right, but you still haven't really, you're not really connecting with, with these women, you're not really connecting with what you're saying. Um, you're putting in the reps, which is good, and you're going to improve that way. But that's that's where I think you should look. Okay, got it. Like more conversation practice calls are going to help a lot. But uh, you know, thanks for sharing. I know it's it's not easy to, you know, everyone in the group wants to talk about all the cool shit they're doing, right? But it's just as important to bring up, you know, the fact that you're stuck. Like why you didn't just post that in the group and you felt the need to private message me. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that all you guys know that I, I encourage you guys to post that shit. That's like the most helpful shit you can post. When you talk about your fuck ups, you're going to learn a lot more than just bragging about successes. You learn more from your failures than you do success. So don't feel, you know, don't feel any sort of fear to post that shit. Understand all? Yeah, I understood. Cool. And you know, thanks for thanks for manning up and uh and talking about it. No problem. There's a uh a challenge that I think you should do. We can make it a bet if you want. It's called the girl of the day. And basically you can do it for a week, you can do it for two weeks, a month, whatever. The, the longest I've ever heard anyone doing it for was a month. The girl of the day challenge where no matter what, I don't give a fuck what the scenario is, what excuse you have where she is, what she's doing, what you're doing, you have to hit on the hottest girl you see that day. <laughs> so it can <laughs> can certainly get real weird sometimes if she's with a dude, uh, but it's just a great way to push your comfort zone anyways. Uh, or if she's in the car, if she's on a, on a bike, if she's like in the middle of a... So one time I was doing this challenge and there was a girl, this a smoke show, um, who was in a hair salon. And I walked by, it was on Melrose, and I saw her, and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm going to have to hit on this girl in front of, like, 20 Asian women that are, like, <laughs> you know, the nail salon. It's like a, uh, you know, fingernail salon, whatever the fuck they call that. Um, so I walk in there, and she's got, like, 
her feet in those in those in that pool of water and she's getting like a hand massage and her nails painted and and I just walked in there like yeah so uh I'm doing this thing called the the girl of the day challenge where I have to hit on the hottest girl I saw today and uh you're it <laughs> and it was the most awkward thing ever she was like uh thank you and like the whole store was looking at me and I'm like all right I'll see you later I just walked out. <laughs> um, you get really get over like social anxiety and giving a fuck when you do shit like that. So I would uh, I would encourage you to do the girl of the day because it'll just force you to hit on literally the hottest girl every time you see her. Cool. Sounds like a good idea. Uh, I might take you up on that. All right. And then obviously more social circle scenarios like you're at this weekend will. We'll give you access to the more smoke shows for sure, but you know they're not. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, another challenge is like the the higher they are, the less likely they are to be alone. So uh, another another reason for the comfort zone is the sixes and sevens are you know more likely to you know be by themselves or whatever. But when you got like a group of two or three, that kind of makes it more difficult too. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, too, you got to look at your lifestyle, right? you got to look, you know, if you were to compare yourself to guys that date smoke shows, um, what do you see there? In terms of, of in terms of what you do on a daily basis, who you hang out with, those sorts of things. Well, I guess uh, the, the, the guys which you're describing, I guess, are mostly like the mods. They have, like, very super flexible schedules. Uh doing interesting shit all the time. Um, whereas me, I have kind of like a pretty, I, I mean, it's it's more flexible than most people, but still not that flexible. Um, I think we're, I'm in fairly decent shape. I don't think that's an area of concern. Um, I'm uh, probably f- flexible, uh, do lots of cool shit. Um, that's probably the areas I need to work on. Yeah. Yeah, you're certainly in good enough shape. That's not an issue. Um, you know, I, I don't think you're, you know, you, you could certainly improve a little bit in terms of the, the feedback you got this weekend, but I think it's a lifestyle thing for you mainly, right? Like, exactly what you said. If you look at the mods and you look at their lifestyle, like, they're doing cool shit multiple times per week, right? Three, four times a week. They're They're doing... Interesting things where hot girls would be present at more mm. often than not, like pretty much any time they go out, right? The, the, the other way to counteract that is to do more day game, right? Day game is kind of like that only area where you're going to get access to smoke shows when they are alone, when you do have a decent shot to hit on them, right? Because you go out to the bars and you see a 9 or a 10, odds are she's, she's going to be in a really tough, approachable, a tough to approach situation. And, you know, she may not even be open to meeting a guy like that. Just the odds are so slim, right? Um, so I know you're building that, like you're you're building your network and you're getting you're going to like more more cool shit. You're inviting me to cool shit. That's that's how I know, right? And you know now you're like a graduate and you're right. You're kind of on that track to becoming a mod. And I think it's more of like a a lifestyle change, traveling more, mm-hmm. getting more flexibility. Um, being more creative in terms of your schedule and your lifestyle. I think there's a lot of room for you to be creative and you just kind of go through the motions too often. Yeah, that's true. Like one of my coworkers, um, 
it's basically like going to be working remotely for like a month in Europe. So it seems like that's a possibility for me too. So I'm going to try to try to work that angle. Yeah. You got to exploit those opportunities. Like when you see an opportunity like that, you got to fucking jump on it. Mm. You don't know if it's going to come again soon. And also once it happens, you know, if you can make that a reality, you're way more likely to do that on a consistent basis. Like when I saw the opportunity to jump on, you know, that, that country club membership when I was working in private equity, like, fuck, I have to do this. This is my ticket to, you know, being completely self-sufficient when it comes to my time. Like, you know, getting away from the nine to five. And I was able to pull it off. Never gone back since. But like I saw the opportunity and I like, I made sure I took it. And I, I see you sitting back more often than you should. Like we've got to push you to do stuff that we, next up for you is like where you're just doing it so much that we don't ever have to push you. Cool. Uh, what else, guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I had a great time, but uh, I think one of my sticking points that uh, uh, Ben and uh, Jesse like both pointed out is, I guess I'm being uh, a bitch uh, sexually. I don't know if uh, I would say again, or if I never really like uh, like broke through that fully, or if I digress a little bit. But um, I'm like uh, looking for like challenges, you know, that I can do to like really push those those boundaries. Well, I'm confused on the context. You're being a bitch. Or, in terms uh, of that. Being a bitch, like, as far as, like, uh, pushing, like, sexual tension, I guess I'm not, uh, doing as, I'm not, like, being, uh, I don't know, I'm masculine enough or, like, creating the sexual tension where, you know, that you get attraction from. Like, I'm not yeah, being sexual and touchy-feely. Well, I think what what happened is a few months ago you were you were pretty touchy feely, like you were pretty aggressive. And I know you got the feedback that you weren't connecting enough. You're being too much of a stoner retard. Mm. It's like, you know, you weren't connecting and then you're getting rejected because of that. So you're, you've been working on that stuff and it's been paying off. Like according to the feedback from this weekend and a few times I've hung out with you recently too, I've noticed a, a big improvement in terms of your conversation skills and, and you're vibing with people way more. Like you're you're matching their their energy for lack of a better word and you're connecting with these chicks and, and now they're like they're turned on. But because you like pulled back before in terms of the sexual aggressiveness, you forgot that now you have more more leeway to do that. Right? Like once you're connected with a girl, you can totally fuck that up. Like the only way to really fuck it up is to not do it at all. Right? So I think it's time to like turn up the dial a bit. <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, you kind of have to play with the levers, right? Uh, yeah, I was saying, I guess, like moving forward, like, you know, uh, a plan of action to like really get more comfortable and uh, back in that zone is like on like all my dates and like when I'm out, like, uh, like meeting girls for the first time and, uh, you know, uh, really just push that boundaries of, like, being that uh, one-third rapey again. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the the, the story from, from the weekend where you got that girl upstairs, right, and you were making out with her at every different corner, um, 
I liked I liked that aggressiveness. Um, and then you said I should have tried to take it down while I was up there, but you were getting some resistance for that, right? Uh, yeah, I was. Um, I don't think that was the play to try to take her down then and there. Um, I think you may have fucked it up by trying to make out too much and not pulling away when you needed to. Um, you know, it was a lot of push and she was receptive, but I didn't, I didn't see anything in that story that like led her into chasing you at all. I got it. And then what happened when you went back downstairs? How did that not come to fruition later? Um, I honestly, I don't know. Like I kind of like lost track of her. There's like so many people, everyone was partying. I think I was like, I got stuck like talking to, uh, to Dan for a little bit. And then, um, I don't know, I guess her and like her friend might've left by that time. I essentially didn't really see her again after that. Weird. How many people were there? Um, I, I don't know. I feel like at one point there was, uh, there was a, a lot of people there, probably like, I don't know, like 25, 30. Okay. So it was manageable. It wasn't like, once you kind of hit that like 40, 50 mark, then it's really easy to lose people. But 25, 30 is manageable. Um, you know, I, I think what needed to happen there was you go upstairs, you make out with her a little bit, and then you pull away and you're like, you know, you make some funny remark, like, I know you're just trying to get up here, trying to get me up here to like, you know, didn't she accuse you of giving, wanting to give you the tour so you could make out with her? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could say something silly and corny and flip the script on her and be like, all right, now that you have, now that you finally got me up here and we made out and I'm not that easy, I think we should get back down to the party. And, um, that way it's your decision to go back to the party, which is going to kind of throw her for a little bit of a curveball. And she's going to think, oh, like, I thought this guy was going to be, like, super aggressive. He's definitely aggressive enough where I know he's, you know, he's a worthy adversary. But now I'm, I have to work for it, right? Then you go back down to the party. And you, you continually check back in with her every 30 minutes, every 45 minutes. Or, you know, every 20 to 30 minutes just to make sure she doesn't leave or she doesn't get bored, right? Because you have to manage that. Like what, when I was, did you read the write-up that I posted about uh, Donald's party? Yeah, yeah, I did. And do you remember, like, how I managed that situation with that chick? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Could you uh, could you go into it again, just briefly? Yeah, I mean, I met her right off the bat. Um, there was total, like, vibe and a spark. Um, we talked for like 10 minutes connected over a bunch of shit. I'm like, okay, this is, she's into me. It's, it's, it's obvious. Right. But there were other girls there too, that I wanted to to talk to. And I didn't want to, to jam her the entire time. Um, so I, you know, excuse myself to get a drink. And then I was talking to like three different other girls and talking to Amir and talking to John and talking to, to Jay and everyone who, go back and, and ping her like every 20, 20 minutes or so. I think about two hours went by where, you know, you know, I'd, I'd spent out of that two hours, I probably spent like 35, maybe 40 minutes with her. 
but like the rest of the time was with other people. And you, you have to kind of get a sense for how long, you know, you could leave someone there before someone else swoops in, right? Right. So I turned on and like, you know, <laughs> she's like, ooh, I want to fuck. I'm in the mood. I like this guy. But then I disappear. She's going to find someone else. Someone else is going to swoop in, right? If I haven't like established where I'm at. So that's when I knew it. I, and it was perfect timing too. Even Don came up to me. He's like, hey, uh, this, this chick is thinking about leaving. You should, uh, should probably like do something about that. Right. And that's, that's when I knew it was time to like make the move. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, basically what you did is almost the same situation, right? You have a girl attracted to you. You got her one-on-one in isolation. That's how you know. Um, but what you did was you basically like you push, you push, you push. She was receptive, but you didn't pull away at all. You just kind of agreed to go downstairs when she wanted to go downstairs. And then you just ditched her. Yeah, totally. That's uh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And was she like, like, were you expecting her to come back the next night? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was. But she never did or what happened? Um, yeah, she never did. Um, also, I guess, uh, Tommy lost his phone. So like all the, like he didn't, wasn't able to get all the girls that were hanging out with him. Uh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are situations you have to, you know, you got to get that number, right? You know, you you got to set that up for later, just in case something goes goes off. All right, I'll take one last one, if anyone has something. All right, peace out, guys.